Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride. Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Michael, good afternoon to you, my friend. I'm taking one day at a time with Jesus, as my grandmother used to say. (laughs) Amen. Have you got a bit of a cold and a chest infection? It's back again, my friend. As I was just saying, it's back again. I'm about throwing my hands up. I don't have a solution. Uh, We can't just seem we can't seem to kick it over here. It's. it's, um, I'm convinced it's the uh, the island environment. Probably till I get off this island, we're going to be dealing with it. Yes. Have you have you tried the old fashioned remedies about honey and lemon and those sort of things? Sure. Yes, sir. Yeah. Those and it hasn't it hasn't worked. Well, that'll certainly help with the uh, the throat. Um, yes. The sinusitis. I think it's allergies and to you know yes. humidity changes and so forth. Uh, I went out and bought some saline solution today to squirt up my nose um, in case it gets stuffy and it seizes up and I can't breathe. My brother, yes, yes. My brother visiting here, we had to put him on antibiotics yesterday. He was so bad. Right. He so, was, uh, you, you know, when I was a kid, I used to suffer a lot from chest infections, and I used to get mucus congestion right. in my nose. And my mother used to get a bowl, and she used to put a really English, English mustard in there, which is very hot. And she used to... <laughs> pour boiling water in there and put a towel over my head and I used to breathe it and it used to make my nose run like a tap and after a while that used to clear all the sinuses out wow and it might be something you might consider doing well absolutely uh, the question though is how to how to survive going forward because I think the allergens and the humidity here are always going to be present you know some people yes of course just don't do well in particular climates. Um, there's a lady who was living in uh, Nashville, Tennessee with her daughter. Her name is uh, 
Michaela Peterson, the daughter of Jordan Peterson. People right. may know him, famous psychiatrist. And she said she almost died from allergies in Nashville. Had to literally move for her health. Moved to Ford, and she said it cleared it up. Um, Amen. I heard a story of another guy, the man who uh, used to sing Dankeschön. He's a, um, Wayne Newton was his name. Oh, I remember Wayne Newton, yeah. Born on the East Coast. And as a child, he had this uh, really bad case of uh, uh, respiratory infections. So bad that the doctor said, you may lose your son if he remains here. So to save his life, his family moved him to uh, Arizona and then ultimately Las Vegas. And then um, it cleared up. So they said, okay, maybe it was a fluke. They took him back to the East Coast. It all hit, hit him again. And so they said, you know, it's this climate. They moved him back to Nevada, and he's been there, you know, his whole life now. So... Yes, yes. You know, uh, I think I'm due for a climate change. <laughs> Amen. Well, I remember as a kid living in London, you know, London was a very smoky area. They had a couple of very big power stations around the South London area. Yes, sir. And I used to suffer from whooping cough, and I had pneumonia more than once. Wow. So I know what it's like, but I always used to feel good. When we went on holiday and went to the seaside, I always used to come back, really? you know, breathing in the sea air, and it always made me feel so much better. Absolutely. I think it was assault. And the, yes, um, probably it was. Yeah, probably it was. Let me say a prayer for you, my dear brother. Thank Let you, my me brother. say a prayer. Dear Lord God, I lift up Shannon to you now, and Lord, living in Bali doesn't agree with his sinuses and his respiratory system. And we pray now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you will protect him from all further infection and let the humidity have no effect on his life. We pray that, Lord. You can make a change. You can protect him. And we hope you do, Lord. We pray you do. And we also pray for his brother, Damon. And we pray that he will be healed completely. And Lord, that Neither of them will ever have this, these infections again or be affected by the humidity. And we pray this today in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. Thank you, my friend, for prayer. And with that, uh, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you. God bless you, Brother Michael. God bless you. Well, hello to you all. Good afternoon, as I say to you all in London, whatever the time it is in your own country where you're listening from. You know, last week we spoke about overcoming the devil, overcoming Satan, how how to be able to put a stand up against him. And I never really finished. I finished last week's show by reading from Ephesians about the armor of God, the scripture references. But I want to continue today because I've still got a couple of pages of notes that I wasn't able to read. So we're going to call today's program Overcoming the Devil Part 2. And first of all, I'm going to start by reading again to you the whole armor of God and then we'll dissect it and we'll look at it. Hallelujah. So I'm going to start, (coughs) excuse me, I'm going to start from Ephesians 6, verse 10. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able 
to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having put your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Hallelujah. The armour of God. I want you to imagine in your mind this. My granddaughter, when she was very young, was very troubled, and so was my daughter. Uh, she had the child, and then the father of the child left her, left her destitute. Uh, he rented a nice house and then paid the rent a couple of months in advance and then left, and my daughter was left financially destitute. And my granddaughter was sleeping in the night. And one day she said to me, Granddad, she said, I saw Hades in my sleep. And I said, where did you get that name for? And she said to me, that's what he said his name was, Hades. So I was very troubled. I said, what happened? She said, he came up to me. He was very dark and he was very frightening and he scared me. She wasn't very old then. She was about six. And I said, and what happened? She said, all of a sudden, a Hercules came. And I said, Hercules? Yes, she said, he had shining armor on and a big sword. And she said he had all bright light around him and he came and he chased away Hades and I was able to sleep and I had no more problems after that. So I thought to myself, I believe that my granddaughter had been scared by this demon, this evil spirit who was very dark and menacing. And actually an angel of the Lord had come and chased away. But what I remember, she said the, this angel of the Lord had armor all over him. And when you think of an armour, armour of a, of a knight in the Middle Ages or going back to the Roman Empire, the Roman gladiators, you can see their authority because they have authority to wear this armour. So let's go back to verse 11, Ephesians 6 verse 11. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And it speaks about the wiles of the devil. So it shows the devil to be very crafty, very sinister, very underhanded. And he will come to try and trick you, deceive you, lure you into danger and tempt you. That's the wiles of the devil. But the believer has authority over the dark realms or the unseen realms by putting on the spiritual armor that God has provided and we know we're going to go through this armor as we read it now and i think every christian when they're in danger should put on this armor 
I've seen people stand in church and pretend to put on the armour like they're putting on a suit of clothing. You don't have to do that, but you have to understand what this armour is. Verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So let's have a look at this now. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our enemies, though our enemies may come to us as human beings made with flesh and blood, they are not the reason we need to put the armour of God on because these people have been overcome by the devil themselves and the devil has led them to attack you. That may be in a physical attack. It may be in a spiritual attack. It may be a false accusation to try and get you in trouble. It may be all sorts of things like that. And that is the spiritual wickedness in high places, principalities, princes of this dark part of the world. Remember, when Satan was cast down from heaven, he brought down a third of all the angels with him and he set principalities up around the world. We see the principalities around Babylon. I mean, I've always believed, and I believe the Holy Spirit told me this, that when Satan was cast out of heaven, he came in the world between the Tigris and Tigris and Euphrates River, and there was a principality there. Do you remember Daniel? When Daniel prayed to the Lord and his prayers were not getting through to the Lord, there was a prince there, the prince over Persia, who blocked Daniel's prayers and stopped them from getting through to God. I believe principalities are all over the world. Against powers, powers that are there through witchcraft, through Satanism, through voodoo. There are powers in certain areas. There are territorial demons and territorial spirits that try and take control of certain areas in the world and certain countries and nations. Hallelujah. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. I believe that the Government ministers in Britain that passed the law allowing same-sex marriage and allowing abortion uh, over the centuries. Originally, it was the Homosexuality Act to say that man sleeping with a man was no longer a criminal offence, providing it was done in the privacy of your own home. I believe those people were influenced by spiritual wickedness in high places. As I said before, Father, Father Armoff, who was the head exorcist in the Roman Catholic Church in the 80s, he said when he was 85 years of age, he believed the Vatican had been infiltrated by Satan. So the Vatican became, once Satan infiltrated it, a spiritual wickedness in high places. Verse 13 says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. You put on this armour of God, you wear it, you wear it and you stand against Satan. It's a spiritual armour, it's a holy armour. It's an armour that God has given us through his word to wear when we're in trouble and under attack. Verse 14 says, stand therefore, 
having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. Now, the belt of truth is one of our weapons in, in the spiritual realm. It's the belt of truth. The belt of truth refers to the truth of the word of God, as well as the truthfulness we should display in our daily lives. Satan was always a liar, and we'll read a scripture that confirms this, but we mustn't be liars. We mustn't tell lies to get ourselves out of trouble. A man said to me recently that it's easy, easier to tell a lie because when you tell the truth, it always ends in trouble. Let's have a look at John 8 verses 44 and see what it says. You are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of lies. In the Greek translation, the father of lies is called Flaros. Satan cannot tell the truth. He is a liar. So we have to have the belt of truth on. So no matter what lies we're confronted with and what dishonesty is around us, we will tell the truth. Yes, certainly by telling the truth, you may get yourself in trouble. If there's a crowd uh, uh, along you, someone told a lie against me recently. Somebody told a lie, someone who's been against me for a long time. And how do I respond? I put on the belt of truth and I pray to the Lord and I ask the Lord to expose the lies and to vindicate me by the truth. That's what we should all do. Hallelujah. Having on the breastplate of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness, which we wear, it can only be effective if we're living a righteous life. we got to be doing what is right, not doing what is wrong. We have to be living and wearing this breastplate as the righteousness of Jesus Christ. This happens when someone truly believes in Jesus Christ, truly believes. And we are justified by faith. We have peace in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray now. Let's have a look at the book of Romans, Romans 5. Let's have a look at Romans 5, and we're going to read verses 1 to 5. Hallelujah. The breastplate of righteousness. We must wear it, and we must wear it all the time. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Romans 5, verses 1 to 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, 
because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Amen. Hallelujah. So we wear the breastplate of righteousness. And no matter what lies are told against us and what lies are told against Jesus Christ. You know, I had my hair cut yesterday and the barber said to me, he was a young Italian man. He said to me, isn't Christianity just about fear, fear of death, fear of going to hell? And I said, there is no fear in the truth. When we're living right, we have nothing to fear. Hell is only there for those that have rejected Jesus Christ. And he said, with Jesus Christ rising from the dead, he said, isn't he just like any other demon that is living in the world today and tormenting people? And I had to say to him, Jesus rise, ris, was risen from the dead by the authority of God. And they said he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. I said, demons and evil spirits are evil in their nature. And when I said that, he didn't seem to have any answers. And I was quite shocked because he was an intelligent young man. And he didn't seem to know the slightest thing about the Bible. Yet he was brought up as a Roman Catholic. I was quite you know, ashamed. I give him a tip for cutting me hair because he did a good job, but really perhaps I should bring a Bible in there when there's no one about it and leave it on the desk and hope that he reads it in the name of Jesus. So the breastplate of righteousness. You see, Satan cannot stand against righteousness. Cannot stand against it. So when we put our chest out with the breastplate of righteousness, we can stand against him. Hallelujah. And our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you like, you can call that the sandals of preparation, the shoes of preparation. And this is about spreading the gospel. This is about walking the footsteps of Jesus, spreading the good news about Jesus Christ. Our job is to testify to the lost that there is forgiveness of sin in the person of Jesus Christ who went to the cross for our sakes and gave his life and shed his blood so we can be free from condemnation. Remember what it says, there is therefore no condemnation that are in Christ Jesus for those that are in Christ Jesus who no longer live according to the flesh but live according to to the spirit hallelujah let's have a look at romans 10 verse 15 we're going to go back to romans and look at romans 10 verse 15 because it speaks about something very good and it says and how they shall preach except they be sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things when you go out and spread the gospel you may look at your feet and say well i never saw them as beautiful but god sees them as beautiful when you go out and spread the gospel of good news your feet are beautiful hallelujah it says after all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The shield of faith. Remember in the old days, the, the legions 
the Roman legions and the English knights in the Middle Ages. Before them was the shield of faith and that would deflect the sword, deflect the hammer, everything that was used against them, that shield of faith was pushed out in front. So we will well wear the shield of faith. That will shield us from all the attacks of the evil one. The fiery darts of the wicked. What are these fiery darts? Lust, perversion, theft, telling lies, all sorts of temptation, which will turn into darts which Satan will fire upon us. And we will stand there. When we're attacked without fear or doubt, we will stand there and we will know that every fiery dart of the evil one will be deflected, will be deflected. Hallelujah. The next one says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The Bible also speaks of armor that protects the head. And that is the helmet of salvation, protecting the mind, protecting the thoughts, protecting the brain. The head holds all the knowledge we need to know. Where is the word of God? It's in our mind. It's in our memory. We hold it there all the time to use the word of God against Satan. You know, do you remember that film, The Devil's Advocate? I remember Alpha. Chino playing the devil and I think it was Keanu Reeves he was saying how he had power and Keanu Reeves said hold on a minute I've read the Bible you lose and when he said that Satan burst into flames by having the knowledge of the word of God safely secured in our head the Holy Spirit will bring scriptures and words of knowledge to us so when we're confronted by the evil one, we can speak with authority and the helmet protects that authority. We need to understand that we have been given assurance of salvation, seeing that God will carry it through to the end. Satan wants believers to be ignorant of these truths and he wishes to keep them in continued doubt about their salvation and Jesus wants them to know that they are free. So we wear the helmet of salvation. I'm just going to go back to the Gospel of John and I'm going to take you to John 8. There we are, there's John 8. And I'm going to take you to verse 36. It says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So whatever Satan says, we know we're free because Jesus has made us free. The sword of the Spirit. Now we're speaking about an offensive weapon in the believer's armor. We're no longer defending ourselves. We're going out there on the offensive and attacking Satan. We attack him when he attacks by using the word of God. Hallelujah. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. 
what I usually say when I'm under attack by Satan, and I do get attacked very much by Satan and demons. I say from the Gospel of Luke, the 72, return with joy and said, Lord, even the spirits are subject to us by thy name. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I give you authority to trample on snakes, to tread on scorpions, to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That is the sword of the spirit. It cuts down as deep as the bone marrow and mortally wounds Satan. Every time someone hits him with the sword of the spirit, I believe that he is mortally wounded. And when he leaves you, he's struggling for any form of life. Hallelujah. So keep doing it. Hallelujah. Praying all with all prayer and supplication means maintaining a constant communication with God. Never stop praying to him. Talking to God on a constant basis can help stop the progress of the devil. Elsewhere in the Bible, we're commanded to pray unceasingly. Let's have a look at 1 Thessalonians 5.17 and see what it says. Praying unceasingly in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pray without ceasing. Simple, but that's what we're going to do. Let's have a look at Psalm 139, verses 17 to 18. Psalm 139, verses 17 to 18. Hallelujah, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Stick with God. Never leave him. Hallelujah. Never leave him. Now we've got to realize whose family we're part of. The Bible speaks of two families of humanity. They are the children of God and they are the children of the devil. Those who are in the family of God have their lives molded after them. Those who belong to the devil act like their spiritual father. Um, believers ought to realize which family they're a part of and act accordingly. Let's have a read what the Bible says. In 1 John 5, let's have a look at 1 John 5 and see what it says. 1 John 5, verses 4 to 8. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we pray in the name of Jesus. For what? Soever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcome the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water 
only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness because of the Spirit of truth. For there are three that beareth record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in the earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. Hallelujah. We are members of Christ's family. Also, to overcome Satan, we have to rest in God's promises. We need to rest in the promise of God. Satan has been overcome and victory is ours. Victory is ours. Do you remember the song we used to sing? Maybe you never sung it. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I told Satan, get thee behind me. Do you remember when we used to sing that? Victory is ours. God is faithful. He will never let us down. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. Now, I give you a warning. When you're facing Satan or when Satan has come against you, do not think that you can be arrogant or proud or show off in any way because you have the victory over him. Always remember what the angel Michael did when Satan came to dispute the body of Moses. He stood against him. He stood against him. Let's have a look at some more scriptures and some more words. How to stand strong through the devil's attack. Be strong in the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God so you can take your stand. Always remember that. And we must remember God's love for us. God's not going to test us. He's not going to allow us to go in against Satan. If we act completely correct and we do everything right, then he will not see us be shamed or have a disaster. We will always be able to escape, escape with victory. John 10 verses 29 to 30. My father which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Once you're in the hands of the Father, you are safe. Verse 30 says, I and my Father are one. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ our Lord. I and the Father are one. If God be for you, then who can be against you? Let's have a look at Romans 8. Verses 38 and 39. Hope that you were writing this scriptures down because I'm going to give you a mighty promise and a mighty scripture now. Romans 8, verses 38 and 39. 
For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Saviour, then that is good enough. You have the love of God in your heart through Jesus Christ our Lord. You can make your stand. Listen to this. I'm going to read 38 again. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels or principalities, principalities being demons and evil spirits, phys- uh, de- demonic strong men, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, i read 39 again, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. What a way to stand against the devil, knowing Jesus loves you. And whatever Satan tries to do, you're safe in the knowledge that Jesus Christ will protect you. We have to remember Christ's victory over Satan at the cross. The devil doesn't want us to remember that he was defeated at the cross. When Jesus cried those wonderful words, it is finished. And the veil of the temple tore down the middle. And in Jerusalem was a mighty earthquake that the tombs of the saints of old opened up and they were seen walking through the streets of Jerusalem. Satan was defeated forever. Let's have a look at some scriptures to prove this. Let's have a look at 3 John 3.8. 3 John 3.8. So we know the absolute truth in this, that Satan is defeated. Because some people in the world still believe that Satan has power. Yes, he does have limited power, but he doesn't have power over believers. A man rung me up the other day and he asked me, Can a born-again believer have a demon? And I said, well, what do you mean by a born-again believer? If a born-again believer has given his life to Jesus and he's been transformed by the renewing of his mind and he's been filled with the Holy Spirit, he certainly cannot, he can't have a demon. I said, because no demon can live where the Holy Spirit lives. But if this man is backslidden, if this man has turned away from Jesus and he's still claiming he is born again, then he is vulnerable from attack from the devil. Hallelujah. First John 3, verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. He may destroy the works of the devil. That is what he will do in the name of Jesus. That's what Jesus has done. And that's what Jesus did at the cross. He destroyed the works of the devil. Let's have a look at Colossians 2, verses 13 to 15. 
And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. He's triumphant over the devil. The devil has no power over him. One more scripture on this subject. I, as you know, I like to back everything up with scripture. This one is from the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verses 31 to 32. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. The prince of this world now stands condemned. I believe we will soon see the return of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. But we must remember the battle is not our own. We are simply soldiers in the army of the Lord. In a vast army which obey the directions given to us by the captain of our salvation, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We pray in the name of Jesus. We have to resist the devil. We read the scripture last week, but I think we're going to read it again. We have to resist the devil. We're told that if we resist the devil, he will flee. And this is James 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9 says, be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to heaviness. Verse 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. Verse 11, speak not evil one of another. Brethren, he that speaketh evil his brother and judges his brother, speaketh evil of the law and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. Hallelujah. So we must remember, we mustn't speak evil of anybody. Let's have a look of Ephesians. Ephesians, we're going to look at Ephesians 4, 27 to 32 hallelujah hope you like these scriptures today and if you wish to read them yourself of course you can always listen to the playback of this Ephesians 4 27 to 32 very powerful neither give place to the devil let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labour working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no 
corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be ye kind-hearted one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. That is how you resist the devil. You see, the devil wants you to fight fire with fire. I had a father who used to believe in vengefulness, that if someone does something to you, you must hit them back and hit them back as hard as you can. Hallelujah. Now, there's three things you need to know about your authority in Christ Jesus. Let's have a look at Luke 10, verse 19. Luke 10, verse 19. We need to read this because this is a powerful scripture. Hallelujah. Well, I'm going to read from 17 to 20. I'm going to read it all. And it says, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Remember that you have overcome Satan, and you have overcome Satan through Jesus Christ your Lord. So you have not your own authority, but you have the authority of Jesus Christ, his authority over you. He has said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I give you authority. What is authority? Well, you know, many people in life have authority and we have to obey them. The authority that Jesus is talking about in Luke 10 verses 19 is not brute force or power. Mike Tyson, the famous heavyweight boxing champion of the world, had brute force and power, but he didn't have authority. What we have is delegated power, which is much like what a policeman possesses. When a policeman steps out in front of a car that's coming towards him, he puts his right hand up and he may mouth stop and holds up his hand to stop the traffic. He's not stopping cars and trucks and buses with his own brute force. He couldn't do that. He couldn't do that at all. But he's doing it by the delegated authority he's been given by the police service, that they have said to him, you're on traffic control today. 
if you see a man going too fast or driving erratically, I want you to stop him. And if need be, I want you to give him a ticket for the way he's behaved. That is delegated authority that comes from wearing his uniform. He's backed by the law. But you see, when we wear the whole armour of God, we're not backed by the local council. We're not backed by the government. We're backed by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. We have his authority. And that is the authority we have. You're not stopping the forces of darkness, sickness, evil, lack with your own strength. You're stopping them with the delegated power and authority given to you by God in Jesus Christ. You're backed by the power of God. So when you say to Satan, be gone in the name of Jesus Christ, or leave now and never return in Jesus Christ's name, you are saying that by the delegation that God has given you through Jesus Christ our Lord. How wonderful is that? You're standing against the man who rebelled against God, the evil angel, Lucifer, who rebelled against God and got a third of all the angels in heaven to back him and they was cast to the earth. You're standing against that force of evil, not with your own power, not with your own authority. That's why the Bible says, lean not on thy own understanding. You're standing there with the authority given to you by God through Jesus Christ our Lord. How wonderful is that? Like we said in the book of Ephesians, it says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Hallelujah. You can step out in front of the devil if the devil is troubling you and say, stop in Jesus' name. Leave now, I command you. That's the authority you have. Now, it belongs to you. It's yours. It's been given to you by Jesus Christ. It's not something that you can get through working out or going to the gym or lifting weights. You can be the smallest man on the earth. You can be a man who's never had physical strength in the world. But you can stop the evil angel who rebelled against God. You can stop him with the word of God. It belongs to you. Let's have a look what 1 Corinthians 12, verses 27 to 29 says. Now ye are the body of Christ, and the members in particular. And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues are all apostles are all prophets are all teachers are all workers of miracles you have the diversity which the Holy Spirit has given you and you can take your stand against the devil I remember reading a lady I think her surname was Ramirez 
she was a lady, a Mexican lady, who had worked in a hospital and she had been a surgeon of some renown. She said there was a pastor in the church and he had a heart attack and he was very ill. And she had become a Christian and she used to pray for the sick who were in the hospital. And one day she was looking at this pastor and she saw demons all standing around his bed. And she said the demons were just saying one word. All of them was chanting in unison, kill, 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 kill. And she realized that the Christians that was coming from the pastor's church, when they sat round the bed, they would put their hands together and they would say, oh, please, God, we love our pastor. He's a very nice man. Please save him. And the demons were just mocking their prayers. So she realized that the people who needed to come to pray for their pastor, needed to know their authority in Jesus Christ, need to wear the whole armor of God so they could take their stand against the devil. And they needed to know that this authority they had in Jesus Christ was theirs to use against sickness, to use against death, to use against destruction. Hallelujah. So let's have a look at Romans 8, verse 17. Romans 8, verse 17, and see what this says in the name of Jesus. It says, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Hallelujah. So we must suffer with Jesus Christ. He suffered on the cross to set us free. We must take our share of suffering. Because we are one with Jesus. We are part of his family. Now the next thing is how to use it. How to use your authority in Christ. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at Ephesians. The book of Ephesians. We've jumped about a bit today. But I hope that you found it okay. Hallelujah. We pray in the name of Jesus. Let's find the book of Ephesians again. I have a large Bible, you know, and it probably makes a noise when I turn the pages. So I apologize for that. Ephesians 1, verses 19 to 22. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us world who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And I've put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him that filleth all in one. Hallelujah. There is no name above Jesus. 
We are taught in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Ephesians 2 verse 6 says, And have raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have really been transformed. We can overcome the devil. We will overcome the devil. Then when adversity rises, use your authority, speaking out what his word says, using the name of Jesus. For example, I say this to you, sickness, I command you to leave my body in Jesus' name. According to 1 Peter 2.24, let's have a look what 1 Peter 2.24 says. So we know the authority we have in the name of Jesus. It says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah. It's like using the name of a president of a company or the president of the U.S., When you use that name, things get done. The greater the name, the more things that get done. And when you call on the name of Jesus, things get done immediately. Just be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Hallelujah. Philippians 2, verse 9. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every other name, the name of Jesus. When you when you use the name of Jesus, you have the power, you have the victory, you are backed by all the angels in heaven. You will overcome, and nothing will stop you. Jesus made it clear that his name is the key to all authority. Whether you use his name and whenever you use his name, the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Let's have a look at that scripture. John 14, verses 12 to 16. I'm nearly finished now, so I'll try and finish near on time. John 14, verses 12 to 16. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Holy Spirit will abide with you forever. You see, by using the authority of Jesus Christ, you will never be defeated. You will overcome. Don't be frightened. Don't be afraid. Because God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. Be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. Do not be afraid, do not be dismayed, but walk in faith and victory, for the Lord your God is with you. Do you remember Peter and John? They encountered a man who was lame at the gate of Beautiful. They said in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he did. 
It wasn't their own anointing, their own authority or power, but the man was raised up to walk because they invoked the name and authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Use that name. You will overcome the devil if he ever attacks you. Don't say, I command you to leave Satan. I command you to go. Say, in the name of Jesus, you will leave immediately. You will go and you will never return. In the name of Christ our Lord. Call the name of Jesus. It is mighty. It is powerful. And you will overcome the devil. Now we finished this amount of teaching now of how to overcome the devil. There's last week's show and this week's show. Please keep them with you. Keep them together. So if you ever feel under attack, naturally you might wish to call a deliverance minister or call someone in your church you who you believe has authority over demons. But I'm going to tell you the truth now. You have authority over demons. All you have to do is what I've told you today. Believe in your authority in Jesus Christ. Put on the whole armor of God and take your stand against the devil and you will overcome him in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Great word today. My friend, what would you like to title this for the archive? Overcoming the Devil Part 2. Fantastic. Brother Michael, I want you to tell people about your ministry, how they can make contact with you and support your work. Well, I'm the pastor of a church called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. You can find it online. It's in London, Northwest 6. If you live in London or nearby, you can come to see us. We have Bible study between 12 and 2 every Thursday. Friday evening between 6 and 7, we have prayer intercession. And the Sunday service starts at 11, finishes at 1. We have a short break for refreshment. And then I take deliverance and healing uh, in my office and we pray for you. I have a website uh, which is on the church website. There's all the preachings I've ever done. There must be over a 100 now since I've been there five years. And my... Email address is frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. There is a PayPal account there if you wish to support me in the work I do. Uh, please contact me. If you go on my email address, you'll find my Skype address. If you wish to speak over Skype, wherever you are in the world, we can do this and we can get you set free. And God bless you all. My friend, thank you for coming on today. It was a great teaching. We'll have this up shortly. And uh, would you like to close us in prayer? Yes. Lord, I pray again for Shannon. I pray for his family, his brother Damon. And I pray, Lord, that their silences be cleared. Their chest is no interference or there's no soreness or rawness I pray for healing the word of God says I pray for Shannon all of you out there 
Unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. Amen. And we pray, Lord, for all the listeners today. May they be truly blessed and protected by the angels of the Lord. May they sleep wonderfully later on today and be rested and assured that the next day will be wonderful. And we pray this today in Jesus Christ, our Lord's name. Amen. I say amen to that. We'll see you next week, my friend. God bless you. Next week. God truly bless you and your family. Thank you. Bye-bye.